It's the show where we talk sports and he gets progressively drunker. That's right. It's Drunk Sports. That's Grant Dennison. I'm Jonathan Levy. Week one of the NFL just completed. We got a lot of stuff to get to. But before we do that, let's tell everyone what's going on. Explain how this show works. That's beer number three for Grant. That is beer number three. So if you guys don't know, what happens is this is a four-quarter show. We talk sports. It's fun. I get progressively drunker. Yeah. And so do you. Yes. Listeners. Well, that's the other that's, trick that's of this game. That's an option. So here's the deal. I start having had two beers every time the drunk sports begin. So I'm, this is my third beer that I just opened. Every time that's going to be how it is. You can drink along with Grant if you want. This uh, is a game we suggest. Yeah. There's, However, there's a few stipulations. Go ahead. First, be in a safe place. Don't be right. driving. And don't be taking care of anybody. Yeah, like we really don't want to get sued or have anyone thinking about suing us. So all the things that we would say so we would not be sued, we're saying now, okay? That's us saying that. Be responsible, all that kind of stuff. But also, if you can, if you have the ability, drink along with Grant. There's three different levels, three different prize levels, if you will, reward levels. I want to um, stipulate that the beers that I drink during the show are all right around 5% alcohol beers. So if you're drinking like 7.5% IPAs, it's going to be really tough to keep up. Well, that's why we have different rules. Levels, it's though. also going to be tough to keep up because during the quarter breaks, we actually stop for a while and I yeah. drink more. So I have maybe three hours to do all this drinking and you have less time. Fair enough. And that's why the bronze medal level is you're drinking half as much as Grant drinks. So every two beers, you you finish one. Right. So as we go along. So that's, you know, doable for a lot of people. If you want to be at the silver medal level, you are drinking along with Grant, but also ISA is about 5% alcohol. Yeah. But if you want the gold, you want to be the best in the world, you're drinking normal. You want, a, you want a hangover. Whatever it takes, 7.5% alcohol along with Grant. So he drinks 10 beers, you drink 10 beers. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend gold. I really would not. You're, but, you're not going to feel like gold tomorrow if you yeah. do gold. <laughs> but you know what? Much. There's all you know. You think Michael Phelps had it easy every day? No <laughs> way. He had to get true. in that pool. He didn't want to get in the pool. He got in the pool every day. So those of you who are in the right circumstances and you want to play, if you haven't already had your amount of beers for the medal level that you need, so if you were going to do bronze, you should have had one by now, right? And be starting your second. Stop this podcast. Drink that beer. Watch a TV show. Whatever. Come back. Start again. Yeah. Chug it actually, because yeah. we're we're getting going here. Yeah. Um, also. Feel free to tweet at us at Drunk Sports Show. That's all one word. <laughs> Drunk Sports Show. Yeah. It's hard to remember what our pod name is. There, our Twitter name is at Drunk Sports Show. You can tweet a few things. Number one, you can tweet, of course, that you're drinking along with Grant. That'd be great to know. Let us know how you're doing with yeah. that. Your progress. We'd be very interested. Number two, of course, fourth quarter in the show is always let the drunk fix it. This week we have a suggestion will be used by Colin West. Also used last week by Colin West. Colin West our, is killing it. One of our two suggesters last week. Yeah. Um, but if you have a suggestion for Let the Drunk Fix It, where I pose sports dilemmas to Grant as he is at his drunkest in the show, usually about nine or ten beers in, uh, you know, send him on in at the Twitter you know, address. Drunk sports show. Yeah. You forgot that I, for who a second. Can, who can say what that thing is? It yeah. makes so much sense. But let's enough of that. Yeah. Let's get into some headlines. Headlines. First quarter. All right. Well, NFL week one did just complete, and there's a lot to talk We're about. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL for the next, you know, 20 weeks. Yeah, certainly today, yeah. though. Um, so first and foremost, last Thursday night was the opener. It was a Super Bowl rematch of the Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton got hit a lot, a lot of helmet-to-helmet stuff. The Broncos, Trevor Simeon, he was a seventh-round pick last year, had made his first NFL pass ever and somehow got the win when Carolina missed a field goal with essentially no time left in the game, give or take. Grant, reactions to this game? Um, well, it seems like Denver is just legitimately that good everywhere but quarterback that mm. they can sustain. 
because I think maybe it was last drunk sports, maybe two ago. We we predict we were predicting Denver wins, yeah. And I said ten, and you said nine, right? And I think ten is pretty reasonable at this point, especially after they beat Carolina. Yeah, th- I mean, this would have been a loss in my book for sure if I and I was still would assume that they would have nine wins. So I, I think it's pretty reasonable to bump them up to ten if you're me anyway. Now, are you holding them at ten, or would you would you move them up a little bit? Now? I might go ten and a half if I was setting a line. It's an interesting thing looking at the um, the power rankings that NFL.com and ESPN.com just put out. So they have separate power rankings. NFL.com has the Broncos as the number two team in the league right now. After who? Um, that's a great question. I think it's not. I think it's the Packers. Okay. Um, the the ESPN, Packers should barely be Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know what they're doing. Okay. I don't know if I really. Agree. I don't think Broncos are probably number two, but that's what we're going to talk about. ESPN has them at number eight. So very different ideas about how good this sure. team really is. Where do you think they really belong based on the information we have so far? Well, the traditional answer would be with quarterback play as bad as they're going to have this season, it's pretty hard for them to be even a top five team. Yeah. But we saw last season what happened. Peyton Manning was a train wreck. Yeah. He was awful. And they still won the Super Bowl. And, you know, they were the number one seed in the AFC. It isn't like they, you know, stumbled in the playoffs and got hot or anything like that. They earned home field advantage and beat both the Patriots and the Panthers pretty comfortably in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game and Super Bowl. Right. And C.J. Anderson is looking like a guy who can kind of bail out Simeon. He's he seems pretty dynamic so far in this one game. In that one seen. game, I mean, yeah. he looked good in the playoffs too, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, it's hard to know. They also have, you know, their rookie uh, Booker. I don't know what his first name is. Off the fumbled top of my head. on his first NFL carry. Let's yeah. talk about that. The emotional weight of that. So, <laughs> Devontae Booker is the rookie running back for the Broncos. He beat out Ronnie Hillman to get the, that's right the second spot after C.J. Anderson. And Anderson was having a great drive, and they put in Booker for a play, and he fumbled at the line of scrimmage on his first play. And that was the first uh, possession of the game, wasn't it? Denver yeah. was moving the ball really nicely. It's kind of opposite of David Johnson, right? Didn't David Johnson score like a 40-yard touchdown in his first NFL touch? I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah. And, yeah. and Devontae Booker just fumbles at the line of scrimmage. That's not a good start to your career. It's not. It's the kind of thing where you're okay probably still, but if you have another fumble in the next game or two, you might just be out of a job. Like, that happens in the NFL. I guess he's lucky Belichick's not his coach. Right. Belichick I mean, hates fumbles. Belichick would routinely bench Steven Ridley for a game or two if he fumbled the ball. He would just get so angry at Ridley and just it seems play kind of results oriented and bad, by the way. I mean, fumble, I think it's mostly about luck, but Belichick and maybe a lot of other people are convinced that's not the case. I will say this the Patriots fumble less than anybody else in the league by a significant amount. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and actually, that was one of the things that was held against them during Deflategate until someone actually ran the numbers and saw they were just as good on the road as they were at home. They, they fumble, like, almost not at all compared to everybody all right. else. So, I don't know. Cool. Maybe there's something there. Anyway, anything else we want to say about – how about Carolina? What do we think this means? They went to the Super Bowl last year. They were the number one seed in the NFC. Are they legit, or does this mean something? Where are we? I think they're not as good as they looked last year. I think hmm. what they totaled 15-1 and one last 14 year. 14-2. and 14-2. Two. and two. I don't think they're that good. Maybe 15-1. and one. Yeah. I think maybe they were 15-1. and one. Yeah. I, I think they overperformed last year, and they're not really that good. Especially, they got they got beat pretty bad in the, in the playoffs last year. I mean, they did. Yeah. They did get beat in the in the Super Bowl. You mean, yeah. Specifically. I mean, they actually handled their business, though, going in. I mean, they beat, uh, what, they beat Green Bay and Seattle, yeah. I believe. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Maybe Denver's just really, really they good. They beat them both. Didn't they beat them both pretty comfortably also? Yeah. The team's... the. The last two real games that they've played have both been against the Broncos, and they've right. lost both. So maybe the Broncos are just that good on defense. Yeah, and and their pieces around their quarterback are just good enough that the Broncos are really that good. Maybe. maybe. I mean, the, the Panthers are interesting. They lost Josh Norman, who's a huge, huge loss for them. He went to the Washington Redskins, of course, and um, 
but the Panthers got back Kelvin Benjamin, who's clearly their best receiver. Yeah, there was there was some doubt about whether or not he was in the in good condition or yeah. if he was fully recovered. It doesn't seem to matter. He's probably not in the best condition, but he's still bigger than everybody else who's guarding him and has great hands. Yeah, and you saw it on the first drive the Panthers had. He just he was just not able. They weren't able to cover him. I mean, he looks like he's a dominant player. Yeah. I'd rather have Josh Norman than Kelvin Benjamin if I had to pick. Yeah. But, you know, they're both really important pieces to this team. Yeah. And they only have one of them each year. I so. think both teams will make the playoffs, Denver yeah. and Carolina. Uh, where do they finish? Where do you think they finish in terms of do they win their division? Or are they the number one seeds? In their I think Carolina wins their division for sure. Are they? The, where do they stand on the seeding? Do they get a bye? I think that's close. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I mean, this is probably a big game for them to lose, right? Yeah. In terms of the buys. Yeah. Like as, probably as not. silly as it sounds, game one, but still they all count. I predict a, a second round exit for the Panthers this year. Okay. How about the Broncos? Mm, AFC Championship exit. That's pretty good. And they get a buy again? Yeah. Okay. I think they're not going to get a buy. I think it's. I think 10 wins ain't going to do it. Um, but we'll find out. And they look surprisingly good. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Let's go to another pair of teams. Also, in theory, championship contenders. But surprising result. The New England Patriots. Visited, yeah, that game was fun. Yeah, they visited the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night football. I know you want to talk about this game so badly. I don't know what you're talking about. Gronkowski wasn't playing. Tom Brady wasn't playing. Their offensive line had two rookies in it. Guess what? Patriots win anyway. They were nine and a half point favorites. The biggest dogs they've been since they since the Super Bowl game against the Rams back in the day, like 2002, I believe. Still, they won the game somehow. They went up big. Well, they went up somewhat big, like 17 to seven or something like that, and held on and won the game. Well, yeah, a couple takeaways. I mean, uh, their defense is good. It yes. looks like they have a good defense. It is. Yeah, Edelman looks kind of unstoppable. It's like, weird. Like everyone thought he was injured. Even with Garoppolo, Garoppolo looks kind of limited to me. But yeah. Edelman's good enough that he just gets open and always ca- makes the it catch. It feels like he's uncoverable. People it's just weird. Can't, can't keep up with him or something. He was a seventh-round draft pick Yeah, as a quarterback. No yeah. one even thought he was going to be a wide receiver. How is this possible? Well, maybe Terrell Pryor is the next version of that. Maybe. Yeah, who maybe. Knows? Although he's more of a deep threat than Edelman. But, you know, different people, similar storyline, I I'll, suppose. Also, if you were going to tell me that the Patriots were going to beat— this Patriots team was going to beat Arizona in Arizona— in week one, I would say Martellus Bennett had a monster game. Right. Like crushed it. Um, LeGarrette Blunt destroyed things. Jimmy Garoppolo probably threw for a few touchdowns. They were probably won the turnover battle. None of these things were the case. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. Um, LeGarrette Blunt was pretty good, I guess. The but Cardinals' offense didn't look that good except no. for Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Right. Those two guys, who were their best offensive players last year, too, with the exception of Carson Palmer, um, were just as good. David Johnson had that one run that was just so impressive. He beat like seven Patriots. That guy's the, that guy's the real deal. It looks like it. And Larry yeah. Fitzgerald remains the real deal. Yeah. Even and at apparently this retirement thing is not true. Yeah, it's a hoax. Yeah. He, he Larry Fitzgerald said, How, why would I be retiring? I just signed a contract extension. And, you know, fair enough, Larry. I think Larry Fitzgerald wants to go after the really big records. I think that's part of his thing. He wants to beat, like, the Jerry Rice records? Yeah, I don't know, if he, can actually, I don't know if he can catch up to Jerry Rice, but maybe he wants to be number two on things. And I yeah. think he really wants to get a ring. And last year was a great opportunity. This year's still a pretty good it chance. It still is. I mean, it's not a good sign that they lost at home to that hobbled New England team. No, I mean, that's a bad, bad loss. And I think, yeah. it, I mean, this is unfair. It is just the first game of the season. Right. Things it's, change. It's it's unfair to say that it exposes really anything. Weird things happen in the NFL. Sometimes teams just aren't ready. The Patriots had a good defense, and they have, you know, some would argue the best coach of all time, certainly one of the best coaches of sure. all time. They didn't have their best quarterback, and they didn't have their, their two most dominant players somehow weren't on the field, though, and they won anyway. It was weird. Right. Well, I think with the Cardinals, though, it's, I mean, you think back to the 
the championship New York Giants teams. Yeah. Those teams were not very good during the regular season. Correct. They just had some pieces in place that could make them win games when they had to. Yeah. The Cardinals are explosive on both sides of the ball. Like, they have an opportunity to have amazing games every game. So if they just make the playoffs, they could easily, not easily, but I'm saying, like, every game is winnable for them. They're that type of a team. Okay. I don't disagree with that. But let me ask a question here. How good is Carson Palmer really? I know we, we argue about him in that's terms really, of like that's football so hard stuff, to know. Yeah, like he's never been amazing. Like I know I he mean, was in the MVP conversation last year, but last, that's partially because the team was so good. But last year he was good. He was good, and but was he a superstar? I don't think so. Before he got hurt on the Bengals, his numbers weren't as impressive as top quarterbacks now. But right. for that era, which I know it's not that long ago, but quarterbacks have changed so much the way NFL teams act has changed so much yeah at that time he was incredible he was like a second year player who was just crushing it it was just one year he had then he got hurt though and yeah what and then that was kind of it for him with the Bengals right. in terms of being a dominant player but he did have one year of dominance and then he was kind of nothing on the Raiders came back and it's looked good on Arizona for sure his numbers are much better he's throwing less interceptions and things like that but he definitely makes some plays still and you could see this on all or nothing where he'll make a throw and Bruce Arians will just say like why would you what are you doing and like the guy Number four, I like how we're sort of speeding through the beers here. That, so yep. that means so if you're if you're at bronze level, you should uh, you should be into number two, halfway through number two. Yeah, yeah. And of course, everyone else should be opening up beer number four, give or take, right about now. The gold levels. Well, no, the gold or silver. Yeah, depending on what you're drinking. Yeah, ISA yeah. or regular. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, good job, everyone drinking. Instead along of here. ISA, it could just be like a PBR or something. That's okay, similar. Some, similar. some lower, like Bud, kind of. Yeah, a anything. And you, you guys understand alcohol percentages better than Jonathan. Just follow yeah. your follow your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to the music, guys. Um, so what were we saying? Oh, yeah, Carson Palmer. Yeah. So when all is said and done, is he a Hall of Famer? It depends on this year and next year, I think, these two years. Okay, let's play it out a few different – let's okay. play out the scenarios. Um, he wins a title this year. Yes. You think he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think he will be. He doesn't win a title in the next two years. No. So that's it's just it's down that, to that. Yeah. Unless he has some ridiculous numbers. Right. If he has like two 5,500-yard seasons in a row. You Seems know? unlikely he's going to have better numbers than he had last year. Yeah. So I doubt that's going to happen. I think he's not a Hall of Famer unless he wins two titles. I don't think he's winning two titles. I don't uh, think one title is enough. Okay. But we'll find out yeah. seven years from now or something. But I actually think he's also too a little too um, breakable. At this point, he's older. Yeah. Like, one good hit, he may be done anyway. He keeps he is, getting hurt. Unless I'm omitting somebody in my mind, he is the best of the USC quarterbacks from USC's great era, right? I mean, well, I mean Matt Leiner, dude. Yeah, Matt Leiner. What about Eric Barkley? Is that even his name? Uh, Matt Barkley. Yeah. Who's Matt Eric Barkley? Barkley? And then there's Mark Sanchez. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. There was a little while when it looked like he might be good. Matt Leiner looked like he was going to be the best one. In, I mean, not in actual NFL play. In college. Yeah, looked, in college. Looked, yeah, he it was like, oh, Matt Leiner's going to be a star. But he went like ninth or something. Seven, right? seventh, he slid. He yeah. slid a bit. So yeah. Carson Palmer went number one overall. Sanchez went fifth overall. None of them are. I guess Carson Palmer is the one that's legit. Everyone else has been yeah. a disappointment. That's that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our final topic okay. for headliners, NFL style. Robert Griffin III. Your favorite quarterback, guy you kept talking up, all drunk sports, every drunk sports. <laughs> On the Cleveland Browns, he was their starting quarterback. Fractured a bone in his left shoulder, will miss at least the next eight games for the Cleveland Browns. And the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports it will be, quote, very tough, unquote, for RG3 to return this season. Okay. With thoughts, reactions. By the way, Josh McCown now going to be the starting quarterback. Josh McCown is likely to be better. 
Wow, you have gotten off the RG3 train no, what pretty I'm, fast, I, my friend. It was always about the the top end. Like right. RG3's top end is better than Josh McCown's. RG a healthy, a completely healthy five years ago RG3's top end is better than Josh McCown's. I agree with that. Yes. I mean Josh McCown has no top end, right? Yeah. It's like bottom and his ceiling and his floor are essentially touching each other. Yeah. It's just a one dimensional space. That's all he is. I mean, it's gonna make their offense a lot less fun. Um, I mean, Josh McCown like threw downfield when he was yeah. on the Bears when he had good receivers. He had that one incredible stretch with the Bears yes. that got him paid. That's right. He but was he was coaching high school football. The Bears called him up really to be the backup, and then Jay Cutler went down, and then he had an incredible, incredible like five game stretch. Yeah, I mean, Alshon. That's when Alshon emerged. Also, Alshon right? and Brandon Marshall were the. Oh, what a beautiful time! I'm a Bears fan. For those who yeah. don't know, Alshon and Brandon Marshall were clearly. The heads of the best receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. What a lovely time that was. And that was it. Like, after yeah. that, um, they, they let McCown go. They re-signed Jay Cutler. <coughs> Marshall got hurt. They traded. Alshon had a good year. Then they traded Marshall for a fifth-round pick. They the traded Brandon Marshall for a fifth-round pick. Yeah. He's been good on the Jets. What I'd just like fuck? to say that. Why did they do that? Um, he they had a bad game. They were going to cut him. Week one, though, they, he had a bad game. Yeah, he did. Um, maybe they just also, Brandon Marshall has the, you know, the reputation of being a locker room difficult kind of a guy. That was kind of an older reputation for him, though. He's He yeah. seems to have turned that around and been kind of a mentor to a lot of people in the locker room. That may be the case. But when he was in Chicago, he was doing um, Inside the NFL or something for Showtime. And so he'd fly in every Tuesday to New York City to do the show. And apparently there was actually some like real problem with that. Like the team did not like him doing that. Okay. Well, so, fair enough. But uh, he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder when he was either late in Denver or in Chicago. Yeah. And I think that understanding and being able to to mitigate that really helped him a lot. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But enough about Brandon Marshall. Let's get back to RG3 and the Browns. Okay. So they were probably going to be no good. With RG3 since he came out. Very likely going to be no good, but one of those teams that could surprise you. If RG3 got closer to the top end, healthy RG3 from Josh Gordon was great and Duke Johnson was great. You know, Honestly, just RG3 being something like his rookie year would have been enough probably for them to be a pretty good team. But that was never going to happen. And as and I've been saying that for the last seven shows. It's the easy stance to take. Well, sometimes the easy stance You're is the right You're a wuss. Stance. You're a wuss. So I'm just supposed to say things that have no chance of happening? No, but you have to sometimes say things. I said the, I picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl last week. Yeah, you didn't really mean that, though. No, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> but I picked them. Anyway, so a few questions. Number one, is this it for RG3? Number two, where do the Browns go from here? And what do we expect, think is going to happen with their season? Should they tank? What should happen? I got to ask you, uh, when yeah. you say is this it for RG3, what do you mean? Do you mean... Is he never going to have a good stretch of games again, or do you mean he's never going to start again? I mean, someone may give him a chance to start, but will he ever start at quarterback for more than, let's say, six games in a row unless there's some massive injury issue? You know what I, I mean? Think like, will, he good, be, will, will he ever be good again in the NFL? I think there's a good chance this is it, that it's yeah, over. Me too. I think it's been over, and we just I, haven't – everyone's been holding out hope. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's sad because he had such potential, and he was such a fun player to watch. Yeah. It was great. I mean, At one year, it part was really... Of, part of why he was fun to watch was because he wouldn't slide. <laughs> you know, and that's that's a problem, obviously. he's so He's got so many injuries, and part of it is his play style. I mean, this all harkens back to that playoff game where Mike Shanahan left him in in the late in the fourth quarter when oh, RG3 man. was hurt. The game was out of reach anyway, and he hurt himself more, and that was that. Now, maybe, re- he was, maybe it was too late. 
but we don't we'll never know right maybe he was yeah. savable still funny story about that game yeah this is a little aside okay so this Please. is not going to be really about sports that much but i was watching that game at my friend seth's house and seth is a seahawks fan and i'm a bears fan i remember where i was during this game because i was hung over from the night before not important nope. but i was at seth's <laughs> house and we were watching the game together and he he has this that was a seahawks game right like seahawks versus washington okay this is why this is coming up Right before that season, I had a bet with Seth that was going to be an annual bet that one of us, whoever's team did worse in the year, the Bears, by the way, were supposed to be better than the Seahawks that year. Oh, this is the year the Seahawks like yeah, finally the, the got Seahawks it together. Yeah, the Seahawks kind of blew up and the yeah. Bears became terrible. Right, Russell Wilson actually worked out yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, so before this, I actually had the expectation of winning this bet, but we would have to do something embarrassing in Pioneer Square in Portland, which is like the, the biggest, most populous part of downtown Portland. Um, so that was the first of many years in a row of me losing this bet. And right after that game happened, I had to go to Pioneer Square in Portland during the pouring rain and run around it wearing only an adult diaper. So thought everybody needed to know that. Yep. Well, they know it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they needed to, but they yeah. definitely know the it. The video's now. on the internet somewhere. Good well, luck finding fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's get back to the Browns. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um what do you think? Uh, there was talk, and actually Josh McCown was even asked by uh, the the press if the Browns should tank. He obviously ruffled at that. Of course not. Yeah. So um, first of all, I mean NFL teams don't tank. And right? it's no, they don't. For if if there was a way to tank in a strategic way, NFL teams wouldn't do it because they're dumb. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, that is correct. They they make so many dumb decisions. I love Bill Belichick. Let's quickly. Another aside. Okay. Bill Belichick let 20 seconds run off the clock at the end of that Arizona game for no reason, and it really hurt his team. He actually explained the reasoning behind okay. it. Interesting enough. I don't really buy it, but here's what he said. This is for everyone who's wondering. Uh, the Cardinals were finally in field goal range, and it was fourth down, and the clock was running, and the Cardinals had no more timeouts, not that they would take one. They wanted to use up as much clock as possible. There's about a minute to go. And the Patriots let 20 seconds go off the clock before they used their final timeout, seemingly costing themselves 20 seconds were the Cardinals to make the field goal. Right. And if they missed, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So it didn't really make any sense. Belichick said he saw the Cardinals running onto the field, and he knows that sometimes teams rush the kick because they just get in that way, and he looked like they were going to do that, so he wanted to give them a chance to rush the kick. And when he saw they weren't going to do that, then he called the timeout. That's his story. Even if that's true, I don't think the benefits of that outweigh the 20 seconds that you lose. I agree. You, that's like two or three plays. But I'll give him credit. It was. It, it seems like it wasn't like a, what should I do? Should I call a timeout yeah. or not? It seems like there was more to it than that, at least. So I appreciate that, although I agree with you. Expected value-wise, it's got to be better just to call the timeout. Absolutely. Although, that's the reason why he didn't call the timeout in the Super Bowl. He said he looked over at the side, the Seahawks sideline, and they looked like they were in chaos, and he just want, he didn't want to give them a timeout to like figure it out, and he just let them be in chaos. Well, okay. It worked out. It's hard to know if it was right, though. The mad genius. Yeah. Maybe he knows things I don't. Yeah. Okay, final questions on the Browns, and we'll get out of yeah. here. Uh, what do you, how many wins did the Browns get this year with McCown as their quarterback? Mm, six. I'm going four. Four and a half, even. Yeah. Like, I just don't think they're going to win any games. I mean, their division's kind of tough. Baltimore's not terrible. The other two teams are good. I don't see how they won any games this year. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, how's McCown going to do? McCown is, if he starts every, the yeah, rest let's of assume the he games, does. I think he will have 3,100 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. Putting that in the context of starting quarterbacks, where do you think he falls? Like, like as, as far like as what like, number would he be in the top if there's 30 starting quarterbacks or 32 18. starting quarterbacks? Oh, really? I think that's really high. 
Okay. That sounds crazy. 19, to me. 20, 21. I think he's more like 25, 22. 26, 27, 28. Okay. Like, barely, like, he's on the fringe of fringe. Like, RG3 was starting ahead of him. He might be starting quarterback number 27. Better than Trevor Simeon. Probably better than Simeon. Probably better than um, Wentz. Guys like that. Wentz looked good the first week, though. But okay, but still, I'd probably rather yeah. start McCown next week if I could. Better than Dak Prescott. Better than the rookies, essentially. And we'll we'll count Simeon in that group since he never threw a yeah. pass before. But besides that, I think I take almost everybody else ahead of him who's starting in the NFL yeah. right now. Okay, fine. I mean, maybe maybe not the um, Jay Cutler. Pretty the bad. Rams. The Rams. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Case Keenum. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, was terrible. He was so bad they talked about bringing in Sean Mannion, and yeah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, I only know who he is because of Hard Knocks, and he was barely in Hard Knocks. I mean, Goff is going to be starting soon, even if he's terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because these guys are so bad. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's get out of here. We'll come back with some more NFL stuff. <whistles> Quarter number two here on Drunk Sports. Grant is into beer number six already, right? That's right. I tried to open it, but our audio was messed up, so you couldn't hear it. I'm sorry. I know that many of our listeners are very aesthetic. Very nicely said. <laughs> yes. Very nicely yeah. said. Um, let's be clear. If you are drinking along with Grant at the bronze medal level, you should be about halfway through your third beer at this point. Right. If you're at the silver medal level, that means you're having a lighter type alcohol level beer here. Could even be a light beer, I suppose. And uh, you'd be on beer number six. Yep. And if you're on the gold level, now you're drinking hardcore alcohol, baby, and you're also on beer number six. And you have a problem. What's wrong with you? And none of you are driving, and none of you are doing anything at all to endanger yourselves or others. And your family's worried about you. But we love you. Yeah. And we, we support your drinking. <laughs> we will be your new family. Yeah, that's right. Come <laughs> yeah. get drunk with us every, every yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So we're going to continue to talk about the NFL because there's just so much to talk about. It's NFL week one. What it's exciting times. Indeed. There was uh, two second-year quarterbacks who were starting last night, or not last night, I guess, but this week, and uh, they are Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. One of them, Mariota, not so impressive. Yeah. But the other guy, Jameis. Now, Jameis put up a game. He looked good. 23 for 33 for 281 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and uh, they went on to uh, win the game. They beat the Falcons. So uh, what do you think about Jameis? Not a difficult opponent. That's true. Step one. I mean, so if he was playing the Seahawks, I think it would be a different story. Without question. Yeah, but I think it's great. I think it's a chance for there to be another elite quarterback in the NFL. That's great. I, I always like there to be good players. You know, it's cool. How good do we think Jameis Winston's going to be this well, year? Well, this is going to be pure hyperbole, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be. I You got a four touchdown, one interception game on the first game, second year guy. I mean, four times 16, that's 64 touchdowns. 64 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Yeah. No, y- younger guys, though, it's always easier to to give them huge upside, which is fair in a way, but it's usually untrue. I mean, Jameis has as much upside as any young player in the league, though, and any quarterback in the yeah. league for sure, right? I, I mean, think he does, yeah. He was the number one overall pick a year ago, and he had elite tools, as all the pundits like to say. So... He's the guy. If anyone's going to become a franchise quarterback, he seems as likely as anybody. I think he's very likely to become a perennial starter, if not more than that. A perennial starter, like not lose his job in two years. Wow, that is you are, and you were saying it was going to be crazy hyperbole. I'm going the other way. You think Jameis is going to start in two years? I'm going the other way. He just threw four touchdowns. Yeah, whatever. He was the number one overall pick. Josh McCown threw five touchdowns and zero interceptions in one game. Josh McCown was 29 years old and was never never drafted. I think, or if he was, he was drafted like in the fourth round. Found himself though, right? And found himself. 
So I think Jameis is going to be a lot better than that, I got to tell you. I think Jameis Winston, we're talking, this year is going to be a top 10 quarterback in the league and has a shot at being a top five quarterback in the league to break through that, like, holy quintuplet. I think he's possibly going to be a top 10 quarterback. The five is hard. Five is a tough one because you got, what, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Andrew Luck, right? That's, and, that's the, at least for fantasy. you got Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, those people guys are like on, that. Yeah, they're on the outskirts of it. I'm saying he's going to zoom past all those guys and one of those top five guys, too. Maybe Russell Wilson, he got hurt this weekend. Yeah, and he didn't look great. Did not look great. But are we really worried about Russell Wilson? Like, no. He's been good for too long. No. Like, one bad game doesn't mean anything if you're Russell Wilson, I think. Drew Brees, by the way, that guy just never gets worse. He just, I mean, he started off bad last year, but that guy's just always so good. Yeah, him, you know, both he and Andrew Luck this weekend both threw for four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and did not get a win. I think that's the first time in NFL history that's wow. ever happened. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So that. Two, two really good games. Well, yeah. Way. I mean, the games were incredible all weekend. Yeah. Right. So anything else you want to say about Jameis or the Bucks before we move I on? I think the Bucks need a lot more to make them a contender, but obviously quarterback is the most important position in football. So it's a good start because of all the young quarterbacks who are unproven, Jameis has the highest potential. Fair enough. Hard yeah. to argue that anyway. Higher than Jared Goff even. I, I'm going to say it. Yeah, I I'm think gonna, for I'll sure. Say, I, yeah, I mean, I was sarcasm. I don't know if you... Somehow didn't realize that. No, I didn't realize it. I, you know, I have to be listening to you. That's the part of the problem. You're playing Candy Crush over there? Uh, you know what? It's hard to get three in a row, okay? Yeah. <laughs> really, really hard if yeah. you're not totally focused on it. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Uh, the Los Angeles Raiders involved in a barn burner game, actually against Drew Brees and his New Orleans Saints, as we were just talking about. They are not the Los Angeles Raiders. They are not, but they were one time. They were, and there was a moment where they might have been this year also. That's correct. There was a time when there could have been three L.A. teams. They also could have been, by the way, the San Antonio Raiders and the Las Vegas Raiders, according to them anyway, but they remain in Oakland. Las Vegas would be kind of a perfect fit, wouldn't it? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Can they really? Can Las Vegas really support a football team? Can you? Will you get eighty thousand to all the games? That's I don't know. The question. I don't know. I think UNLV is pretty big following. Yeah, but the football team. At some point they did, perhaps. basketball team. Yeah, but that's just a sport that they're good at. If they had a good football team, maybe it's different. To fill a basketball arena, though, it's 19,000. To fill a football arena, it's 65,000. It's a big difference. Numbers bore me. Continue. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds fine. Sounds fine. Let's get back to the heart of this. The Raiders were down by a touchdown with two minutes to go. Scored a touchdown with 47 seconds left. Michael Crabtree caught a pass from Derek Carr. Crabtree looking good this year. Crabtree! And they decided, Jack Del Rio apparently said, before the drive started, if we score a touchdown, we're going for two. That's awesome. They do indeed go for two. They get it. A pass from Derek Carr to Michael Crabtree. Sure. Yeah. They take the lead. New Orleans gets the ball. Actually moves down the field pretty well, but misses the field goal and loses the game. That's awesome for them to go for two there. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. It's cool. And it, they're in New Orleans, right? They were in New Orleans, I yeah. believe. I so can I think confirm that. I think if they, yeah, were, they were if they were at home, they would not have done that. I think it, generally, the idea, whether or not it's true, is that getting to overtime is better for the home team than the away team. Yeah, let's let's examine that for a second. Yeah, let's anyway. examine. Why that. would that be the case? I don't know, but don't you feel that that's the consensus? Do oh, without question. That, yeah, without question. I mean, I know in general, home teams have a slight advantage against over road teams, just you know, blindly. And it's really because of referee bias. 
Yes, because they get absolutely. caught up in the fans yeah. and the emotions. Sure. So in that way, maybe you'll also, get a I mean, call. Also, the signals and stuff when the away team's on offense, it's harder to hear stuff when the fans are loud. That's true. Actually, that's a good point. That's a good point. So maybe that hurts you slightly. Um, once in a while, you may get a call that doesn't that goes against you in a very marginal spot because of the whole home court thing to yeah. a home field thing. So maybe it slightly costs you, but it seems like not enough to make, well, let's go for two versus tie it right now. It doesn't seem like it's nearly enough to do right, that. Right. I agree. So I, okay, I challenge the listeners. Okay. Any, anybody, we are drunk at Drunk Sports Show. Yes, we on are. On Twitter. If you have a really good explanation for why people in the NFL believe that the home team has such a huge advantage in overtime to the point that it's worth going for two versus kicking the extra point. Yeah. Explain that to us, please. Right. We, and if and if you say something that's really meaningful and we really like it, we'll mention it on the next show. Absolutely. By the way, if you just say something funny or yeah. interesting, we'll mention that's, it too. That too. That's yeah. fine too. Just be interesting. That's all we want, really. No, also, a good answer would be great. Um, anyway, so you like that Jack Del Rio went for it. Here's my only problem with it. It's sort of weird to go for it with 47 seconds left. Yeah. I, I kind of like it better if there's less time where it's more likely to actually decide the game. Now, I know that either way, the... Um, New Orleans Saints, that's their names, yep. they, that they start going to go down the field and try and kick a field goal. And either way, if they kick a field goal, they win. But they're more apt to take chances when they're down by a point because that means they're going to go for it on all fourth downs. It's do or die. Maybe he wants than, them more apt to take chances. Maybe he Nobody thinks... wants that. That's that's absolutely a negative spot. <laughs> okay. When I'm you're trying. going four downs instead of three, I mean... I'm trying. They get 33% more chances every every yeah. series. You know, Of course of course they don't want to yeah, do that's, that. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem that there was so much time left. Right, and teams are often, when it's tied and there's like 47 seconds left they may take one shot and if it doesn't like a pass doesn't work out they may say you know what let's just kneel down not have a big turnover right now get into overtime it's okay you know and so there's a little bit of equity you pick up because the other team often doesn't try when there's this little bit of time or doesn't try hard enough all right so much time we're examining this from the perspective that you and i usually do which is a very analytical yeah in-game game theoretical type perspective that's our stuff yeah so maybe there's a bigger thing at play here. Okay, cool. Let's consider that. Let's consider that maybe Jack Del Rio is trying to say, I trust both my offense and my defense. He's saying, I trust my offense to get the two-point conversion, and I trust my defense to stop him. He said, he's, te- he's giving a message to his team, like, huh. we're a team that wins, and we're going to win the way we win because we trust ourselves to beat the other team on both sides of the ball. I kind of love that. I will admit, if that's true, if that's like, if they then operate this way for the rest of the season... Win or lose, because sometimes this isn't going to work out. Of course, it can't work every time. But if they operate this way, then I will give them a lot of credit, because I think that's great. You'll probably be going for it more on fourth downs in general than not just two-point conversions, right? The more teams that are going for it on fourth down and doing two-point conversions, the happier I am. Yeah. It's great. I love that. I mean, back in the day, meaning two years ago, when the extra point was a chip shot, a true chip shot, it was 99.8% or something that happened. Going for two is probably a little bit uh, a bad move. Right, especially in, well, I guess there's only a few cases where it's not. Right, I mean, there's clear there's clear times where maybe you have Tom Brady and they have the worst defense in the league, and you're like, you know what, we should just always go for two against this team. Like, mm-hmm. where it's, we make more points that way. That's fine. But but now the now we went from 99.8% or whatever to like 94%. That's a big 5% drop in I terms like of the value. I like seeing those missed extra points. Those oh, are yeah. fun. So much, so much more interesting. And they could probably do even better with that, but it is much, much more interesting. We have something we actually talked about. What was it last week on Drunk Sport? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Trying let's move fix, on. Fix the NFL extra point thing. Oh, actually, let's do one quick question. We were talking about the, the Broncos. Raiders in the same division. How well do the Raiders do this year on this new Jack Del Rio, Derek Carr's growing up, all this kind of stuff? What do you think? I think they might get a wild card. Yeah. I think they might get nine or ten wins. 
It's going to be a tough division, man. Yeah. Denver, KC, and Oakland, all pretty good. KC looked good. I mean, not really good, but Alex Smith looked better than he's ever looked, I, I guess. mean, it's Alex Smith. He does his thing. He's yeah. just doing his Alex Smith thing. He's got the tiniest hands in the NFL, and uh, he's not afraid to show it. Thank That's, God. Yeah. All right. Claim let's, to fame. Tiniest <laughs> hands. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's let's move on. The Cincinnati Bengals played the the New York Jets. And, well, the game happened and all that. And, of course, the Bengals won on their way to the Super Bowl. One victory. point win. But they got the W. A.J. Green was covered by Darrell Rivas. And do you know what A.J. Green's numbers were? Yes, I think I do. 12 receptions. Nope. Want to try again? 13? Okay. Let's just, let me just tell you. I thought it was 12, 180, and 1. None of those things are true except the one. Uh, 10 targets, 10 receptions, 152 yards receiving, one touchdown, 158.3 QBR. That's the QB rating yeah. that ESPN does for uh, Dalton. Uh, and maybe maybe this was specifically A.J. Green when he was being covered by Darrell Rivas. Yeah, because only. I know his total stats, I think I'm probably more accurate Okay, fair than enough, you. fair enough. But there you go. Like, Darrell Rivas literally got beat every single time the ball was thrown. Every single time A.J. Green was targeted and Darrell was covering him. So Darrell Rivas beat. is done. Is that what you're trying I'm asking. To... I'm not saying. I'm asking. I mean, I know A.J. Green is a top five receiver in the NFL. Yeah, but he might be the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I, mean. I mean, there's a bunch of guys you can say that about, yeah, of course. But he's in that conversation. Yeah, he is, certainly. But... Darrell Rivas is supposed to be able to stop that guy sometimes. I mean, he's five not... years ago. Darrell Rivas stops that guy sometimes, right? Most of the time, five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, those guys like AJ Green couldn't do anything against. Darrell they just Rivas. don't throw to AJ Green in that game, right? They five just give up ago. or they try a little bit and it doesn't work out, and they mostly just. And AJ Green has that quiet two catch, you know, twenty four yard game kind of a thing, and instead he completely rocked and rolled. Instead of over Rivas Darrell Island, Rivas. it's like hyper accessible Rivas Freeway now. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a joke that's been made. Yeah, now I mean this is the I, first I time. I did it. I've no, done you it. made it. You made the joke. Anyway, so I'm um, proud of it. So Darrell Reeves clearly not the same player he was. No, not at all. Because AJ Green, while he's a wonderful player, pretty much the same guy he's been for the last several years. Yeah, I mean there's a there's a chance he's taking a mental step forward. I mean, sure, it's but impossible for him to take a physical step forward. At this, he's like 28 or something. Like, there's, yeah, yeah. So if he took a step forward, it was some sort of mental preparation thing. So. It seems more likely than anything that Darrell Rivas has taken a serious, serious couple steps back. Yeah, and uh, the Jets, who were already probably going to be terrible, no quarterbacking of any kind, just sort of a big mess. Darrell Rivas, in theory, is supposed to be one of their very best defensive players, if not their best. Seems like that's not the case anymore right. either. Matt Forte looked good. That's true. But you know what they say, old man River keeps on a rolling, rolling right over Darrell. <laughs> what are you talking about? Know. All right, we're moving on. That was awful. You're awful. Your story was awful. Anyway. <laughs> you're talking about quarter one now? Yeah, that's right. The quarter one story was terrible. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Whatever. So, that was ages ago. <laughs> it was. It was. All right. 93 beers ago. Yeah, it's true. You're the one drinking. That's that's a fair point. All right. Um, a few more quick NFL notes before we roll on to the half. The 49ers and the Rams played on Monday Night Football. Bit of a surprising result. I think we can agree. Yeah, I While mean, they were in San Francisco. It's one of those games where, where you wonder if Chip Kelly is still maybe a thing. Yeah, and then, yeah, Blaine Gabbert looks not terrible. Blaine Gabbert is athletic. That guy is a really good running quarterback. Yeah, Carlos Hyde looks pretty darn good. You know who yeah. didn't look good? Everybody on the Rams. That's right, including Todd Gurley and the Rams defense, which is supposed to be maybe the best in the league. Their D-line is supposed to be the best in the league, at least. The defense is supposed to be spectacular, yeah. though, and... 
especially wow. the D line. Yeah, which, yeah, with Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn, yeah, other guys who probably are on the D line. The guy who doesn't believe in dinosaurs is he on that? Yeah, yeah for sure, right? I guess yeah. you would know. You watch Hard Knocks, and you know other big guys too who play football. But um, so the Rams, which a lot of people thought maybe wouldn't challenge for a playoff spot, would certainly go like around five hundred. Now looking like maybe the worst team in the league. Yeah, I mean, based on that game, they look like the worst team in the league. Case Keenum cannot throw wow. a ball for his life. I mean, wow. Terrible. It was crazy to watch how bad Todd he Gurley probably couldn't do anything about what happened. Like, it's, I don't know if any running back could really have done anything about that. I mean, I assume if you put Gurley in a great situation, he's going to thrive, right? Yeah. He, he thrived last year in a not great situation. And he probably will still have a pretty good year for the Rams, but like he's just got to go to sleep dreaming of being Ezekiel Elliott behind the Cowboys yeah. line, you know? Right, I agree. And I, I mean, it's hard to know who's more talented between those two guys. Elliot was drafted higher, but they're both like the the top guy yeah, from yeah, yeah. their draft. Class. They're essentially the same. Guy. Yeah, I'd rather have Gurley if I was just picking. Honestly. Just because you know he's done it in the NFL. Yeah, I think of him as being more talented. I feel like the Cowboys reached a little bit with Ezekiel Elliott because they I felt think it was the it's perfect because situation. Because you just know that Gurley's done it in the NFL. I you think you're be wrong. Honest with your own biases. I think you're wrong. I think um, when Gurley came in, he was seen as having more tools and being more elite, and Ezekiel Elliott was seen as a little bit of a reach. But anywho, let's not fight about that. There's so many more interesting We're things gonna to fight, fight about. We're going to fight about something else. Yeah. Um, so, Niners going to be any good? They're 1-0. They blanked the Rams. I kinda, like, in a way, I kind of want to believe. Because yeah. they're, they're fun to watch last night, even though it wasn't a great game. It was really a bad game. Yeah, dude. but I kind of enjoyed watching their offense. And because of the whole Chip Kelly, the, he was doing like a college-style offense. He did a lot of, of run options and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, mean, it was cool to watch Blaine Gabbert just take off a lot. And by Blaine, the way, Blaine Gabbert is fast, man. Put himself in harm's way a little bit, too, because yeah. he kind of has to because he's but Blaine Gabbert. But he's got Gabbert, nothing, left to, lo- yeah. <laughs> nothing <laughs> left to lose, you know? I mean, it's like Chip's like, if you don't, if you don't like, you can't slide. If you slide, we're just going to replace you. All right. Okay. I'm going to say something here that yeah. you're going to obviously hate. It's fine. Blaine Gabbert this year could have like an RG3 rookie year. Yeah, there's no chance. But I mean that just based on he's going to put himself in harm's way a lot, run a lot, and just chuck the ball deep a lot. RG3, his rookie year, had like a 109 passer rating. I mean, he was he threw like 30 touchdowns and like seven interceptions. He was unbelievable, dude. There's no chance Gabbert has anything close to that. Number seven? Correct. Woo! Whoop. If you're drinking along at home, and I know you are. Everybody, even if you're driving, just kidding, don't do that. Do not do that. <laughs> if someone else is driving, though, I mean, sure. You're not allowed to have an open, t- at least in America. Oh, you're not. You're not allowed to drink in the car, even if okay, you're not fair driving. Enough. But yeah. I don't know what the rules are in Europe. So if you're in Europe <laughs> and someone else is driving, you should be on beer number four if you're bronze medal and everything else, you're beer number seven. Let the European authorities come after us. <laughs> Bring it on! <laughs> They're strapped anyway. They don't have any chance. It's right. Yeah. All right. Um, finally, before we get out of here, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys played a tough game against the Giants, ultimately lost at the end. Dak didn't look that great. He didn't. Des Everybody one was catch so for like excited. Yards. Everybody yeah. was so excited for Dak. Dak did a lot of dinking and dunking. He wasn't, didn't look terrible. Dacking. A little bit of dacking. A little dacking this, a little dacking that. Yeah, but didn't Dak a win out of anything. That was a poor verbiage yeah. usage. But Yeah, you know, you're drunk. No, no, I'm talking about you. You're the drunk one. <laughs> but I did a better job. But you were drunk that time. <laughs> but now I'm sober. Anyway, so Dak struggled. The team struggled. Dak did not look like the guy who everyone was all excited about. Des Bryant doesn't look like he's going to have a great year if this is how it goes. That's true, but it's also only one game. And I personally am reticent to give up on a guy as talented as Des. Yeah, he's extremely talented. He did struggle last year, though, when he didn't have Tony Romo in the lineup. So I assume he's he also had be... the foot injury, though. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. 
He also had a concussion in uh, training camp this year, you know. Oh, so, yeah, you're right, yeah. So he maybe isn't 100% himself. I think Dez is going to have an okay year, but not a great year, not a dominant year. More like going to be like the 15th best wide receiver instead of like the 6th or 7th. Yeah. Something like that, which is, you know, a big drop He's for him. He's a guy who usually you think of as potentially the best receiver, and this year doesn't really feel that way. Right. Like he should he should have a chance every year to be to put up the best numbers of anyone, and this year it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's pretty clear. And, I mean, part of that is Tony Romo's injury. Obviously. Most of it. Most of it, I think, yeah. is that, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott could still have a great year. Yeah. That's still really a big thing. It's possible. But will yeah. the Cowboys have a good year? No. No. No, I don't think so. Nope. Not going to happen. No. Six wins or so. Yep. That sounds about right to yeah. me. Six wins. A very unhappy Jerry Jones. Jason Garrett doesn't get fired, but Jerry Jones publicly thinks about it. That's my prediction. Jason Witten unceremoniously retires at the end of the year. Like, yeah, I guess I'm done. Yeah. No ceremony there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back for the second half, which includes Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up, and of course, Let the Drunk Fix hey, It. Hey, if you're drinking along with Grant, it's going to be halftime. It's one of the longer pauses for us in real time. So you might want to pause it yourself and just have a couple beers and do something else and come on back. Or not. Either way is okay with us. Get sloshed. It's cool. It's time for a little Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up because it's quarter number three. That means it's time for beer number eight, Grant. Yep, that's beer number eight. So if you're playing along at home, your bronze medal, you should be deep into number four. Everyone else, obviously number eight. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, is it really only quarter number three? Yeah. That, that's good, but... You're man. drinking a lot, I know. But also, I just can't wait for quarter number four. Oh. <laughs> just, it's my favorite. Let the drunk fix it. It's coming soon. It's everybody's favorite. It is coming soon, but we get to do a little who done good, who fucked up, and don't don't poo-poo it. No, it's pretty all right. It's a pretty itself. good segment. I yeah. feel like Sports Center could use it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So here's the first one. Oklahoma State played Central Michigan in college football this weekend. And even if you're not into college football, this is an interesting story. The um, the Sooners, I believe they are, of Oklahoma State. I don't know if they're of the Sooners. They might be the Sooners. I think it's just Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma State Cowboys, I believe. Yeah, there you go. The Cowboys were winning. Uh, we could both be totally wrong. We're, neither of us are into college football. Yeah, we they were, but I think they were winning by four or five points. 27-23, I believe. Uh, with like four seconds left, and the quarterback, Mason Rudolph for Oklahoma State, they had the ball. It was fourth down. He ran back, and they were about to sack him, and he was flagged for intentional grounding as time expired. And the officials ruled the penalty should result in Central Michigan receiving one untimed down. Now, Central Michigan did a Hail Mary play where the receiver actually caught the ball at about the six-yard line and then lateraled it to another player who cut across the field, ran it in for the go-ahead touchdown, and they won 30-27. to Now, that's not the who done good, who fucked up part about this. The problem is that— That's cool. Really cool. Uh, Under extension of periods, Article 3, Rule 1 in the College Football Rule Playbook specifies that the period is not extended if the foul by the team in possession and the statement of penalty includes loss of down, meaning the game should have been over at the intentional grounding call. That should have been it. Instead, Oklahoma State loses on the one on time down that should not have happened. Grant, who done good, who fucked up. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take this in a whole different direction. Sounds great. Because the easy, easy softball answer is the referees. I, up. I was hoping you wouldn't go there. Yeah, that's such an easy answer. I expected more of you. I'm glad you're delivering. Yeah. I'm assuming you're delivering. You're welcome. You know who done good? <laughs> the NCAA. Here we go. No matter, even though I hate the NCAA. You do. Yes, I certainly listen to the last trunk sports. Yes. You'll know for sure then how much I hate them. I tell them to fuck off a bunch. But... 
the NCAA really wins on this Go in on. that it's a super exciting end to a game. It's yeah. awesome, yeah. right? That's not going to happen unless the referees fuck up. There you go. So the 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 NCAA done good by hiring incompetent referees. <laughs> now we're talking. This That's, is what I. This is why I listen to the yeah. show. Why I make the show. You know what I'm saying. Let me ask you, <laughs> you this. You make it and you listen to it. What do you think about this? There's a whole lot of talk that the NCAA should actually declare the game over and Oklahoma State the winner because there was a sort of an unfair downplayed, and it was at the very end of the game, so the game was really not in question. There, there's no chaos. There, what something else could have happened. Um, the NCAA has come out and said. The, the game is the game. As soon as it ends, that's the official end, and there's no changing it. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with the NCAA for the first time in my life. How come? I think it's just better to go with what the refs decide in a general game because you have this hierarchy of power, and the refs are at a certain point there. They're supposed to enforce the rules. If they mess up, that's part of it. Human error is part of refereeing, yeah. and that's part of every sport. Yeah. So it happened in this game. It happened in a very dramatic way. It did. But I still think that it should hold. What if it was the national championship game? That makes a bit of a difference. I but I think theoretically my statement holds true. But I but might what feel would you more, want? I, I might feel more inclined to want it to go the other way. Yeah, me too. You know, Is but it, I don't think it would happen there. That's the thing. I don't think it would happen in the national championship game. First of all, the referees would be the best referees they had. That's true. And they would probably know that rule. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, somebody else would call in. There'd be like tons of, of NCAA oversight where they're calling into the refs, making sure everything's going well. It would have well. to happen really quickly, really yeah. quickly. Yeah. It's possible it could get through. I don't know. It's possible. Either way, it's that's it's cool that the game happened that way. <laughs> it mean, is. Even, whether or not it should have, I don't care. No, I'm either. I mean, it's college football. Who cares? Um, I will say that I think it's actually good as well that the NCAA says the game is the game and that's that. Because otherwise, while in this case we're saying, hey, don't worry about it. Like this, you know, the it's just one play and it wouldn't have mattered. It opens up Pandora's box, doesn't it? And then, like, there could be other games where we say, look, they would have won by 10 points if this thing hadn't happened. And it was so, you know, like it was oh, only 10 oh, yeah. seconds just left. Just because it's the last play of the game doesn't mean it should be special. Right. Is that's the point you're making? No, I'm saying that right now the argument is like the game was actually over, should have been over. And so that last without that last play happening, we actually know what the outcome would have been. Okay. So it's an easy way to say, well, we can take that play back. But I think it's still as soon as the NCAA does that anywhere, then they have to look at every situation and it becomes just like an ugly mess of like who they decide to, you know, go back and replay something or not. And it's just horrible. I think it's way better. This is what I think they do in pretty much every sport all the time. When the game is over, the game is over. Whatever the score says, the scoreboard says right or wrong, that's the score. Yeah, I think, I think that's how it should be. Yeah, right on. Okay, continuing on. A little more who done good, who fucked up. Tyrod Taylor, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Not a good game. He had a very tough game. He did go 15 for 22, but only for 111 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. He ran five times for only 11 yards. The Bills lost, I think, 13 to 7, I'm going to say, maybe 6, to the Buffalo, uh, to the, uh, not the Buffalo Bills, to the other team, the Baltimore Ravens. It was not a pretty situation. Tyrod Taylor, though, did sign in the offseason a six-year, $93 million deal with the Bills. Now, he had already had a contract for this season, which would have paid him $2 million. So my question to you is, it's only one game. Tyrod played bad. Buffalo Bills. Was it right to sign him to this deal extension or not, and why? Well, I think we talked about this a little bit last time, didn't we? I can't remember. Okay. You were too drunk. 
How can I remember? <laughs> I was too drunk for you to remember. Yeah. That makes sense. That's how it works. Um, I think that I think it's okay what the Bills did. I, I, he still paid less than the average starting quarterback in the NFL, right? He's well. I mean, I would say the average starting quarterback is he's probably still getting a little bit more, but the average, like I would say, the top fifteen guys getting paid are getting paid probably the top ten guys anyway are all getting paid more than that right now. Yeah. So they're all probably getting paid about twenty ish. The Bills might have overreached a little bit, but I wouldn't go as far as to say they fucked up. I think Tyrod Taylor has. The potential to be a, a really good starting quarterback for a while in the NFL. Yeah. One bad game doesn't mean that that's not the case. Correct. It, yeah. it can't, right? So I, I, I'm not going to draw any conclusions from that. I know it's not a good sign. It's definitely not a good sign. No, it's a really bad sign. Yeah. Really, really bad. Hopefully for the Bills and for Tyrod Taylor, that's not how he plays for the rest of the season. I mean, it's unlikely. He played better last year, right? I mean, why would he play he this certainly battle? Did, yeah. Tyrod Taylor, by the way, already getting endorsements. He is. I, I noticed when we were watching Monday Night Football last night that yeah. he was in a car commercial. That is hard to believe. That was surprising to me that Tyrod Taylor would be in a oh, car Oh, because it was a Toyota thing and it was all the T's, oh, right? Oh, that must have been that why. Was but you think they could find someone else's name starts with a T, though. No yeah. offense, Tyrod, but, like, come on, man. Maybe, I mean, good for maybe him. Maybe throw a touchdown pass. I don't know, before you get the No car matter commercial. what, Tyrod Taylor done good. Let's he say that. He done great. His yeah. agent crushed it. Somehow he's in a car commercial, a national car commercial. Six-year, $93 million. That's pretty strong, too. By the way, his deal is, is set out. So this year, I think he only gets paid like $9 million. But next year, he'll have made a total of like $30 million. So this, So year two is like a really big year for him financially. And then after that, it sort of evens out to being like $14 million a year or something. Uh, nothing worth having. I mean, whatever. Yeah, who, who cares, cares? about that fourteen? That $9 million, who cares about that yeah. either? All right, finally, the Carolina Panthers. We already talked a little bit about them. And they're lost to the Denver Broncos. In the game, Cam Newton got a bunch of helmet-to-helmet hits. Right. Especially near the end, there was a quite a ferocious blow right to the crown of the face, if you will. The crown of the face? I don't know. Is that a thing? No. It is now. I thought it was an ear hole shot that was the most bad. I thought there was one straight on. Well, there's probably a couple. Anyway, he yeah. got hit several times helmet-to-helmet and straight on a bunch, too. And the last one looked bad, like really bad. He, he fell over. I think everyone in where we were, we were all watching in a um, in a restaurant. All thought he had a concussion. Everyone talked about it on Twitter. He clearly has a concussion, so on and so forth. He stayed in the game. He then was inaccurate the rest of the way, and they lost the game. Now, I'm not saying necessarily those things are related, but it would not be unreasonable no, that he would struggle after getting— Correlation, not causation, but it's not unreasonable. Right. I mean, like, his bell got rung super hard. You'd expect him to come out of the game and at least go through a concussion protocol, something. They just left him in the game. So— the NFL has – Roger Goodell has actually come out and said the, the Panthers violated concussion protocol, by the way. Oh, wow. So this is interesting. So the Carolina missed a field goal to win the game, right? But they could have won. They were this close to win, yeah. right? So did the Carol- first of all, did the Carolina Panthers do good or fuck up by leaving Cam in? They fucked up. Okay. They fucked up in multiple ways. Go on. Uh, one way is that they're violating league protocol because he should have been in the concussion protocol for sure. Yeah. Like, guaranteed, he should have uh, – when you take a hit like that or multiple hits to the head like that, yeah, this is the worst of the NFL, and that's <laughs> why you have the concussion protocol. And it's not enough, honestly, but it's something. So hopefully that gets you out of the game, gets you so you don't get in a situation where you end up like Calvin Johnson, who had to retire at age 29 due to concussions and a lot of other things. What's fascinating to me is a team like the Panthers, and I think this is true for all the NFL teams pretty much, they would rather have what a very likely concussed Cam Newton and not find out if he's concussed to like try and bring them back at the end of the game. They think he's still better than whatever their backup quarterback option is, which sounds crazy. That's to probably me. not true. Concussed people are not the best for for doing things. You know, yeah. Like, 
That doesn't seem great. I think it's good that Goodell said that they violated the protocol. Yeah. Like Goodell finally did something right, I suppose. It's only been 10 years. It only took that long. Yeah. So congratulations, Roger Goodell. You finally made it into the annals of drunk sports lore as doing something slightly good. This reminds me of a concussion story Merrill Hodge told back in the day when he was just retired from the Pittsburgh Steelers where he was he had a hard-boiled egg and it was really hot and he had it was like in his fork. I guess it was a soft-boiled egg. It was in his fork. He was holding it and he was blowing on it, holding the fork and blowing on it. He said he blew and he blew and he blew on it. He looked at it and then it was a potato. And he doesn't know how that happened. Wow. Yeah. That's when he knew he was really in trouble. Concussions are scary. Yeah. They're really scary. So what is what is the NFL supposed to do if the teams are going to blatantly ignore the protocol? So they just find the Panthers, dock them draft picks, say, don't do that again. Does the NFL really want this? Or I mean, the NFL, this is mostly a PR should, thing for the I think NFL they anyway, suspend right? suspend the coach. Ooh. I think they, the coach suspend, okay. like maybe one game suspension for the first offense and, Ron Rivera. and it gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. Riverboat Ron sitting yeah. on the sidelines. That's an interesting idea. That would make teams change their philosophy around this for sure. Yes. The question is, sometimes it may be hard to know if a guy really should be in concussion protocol. I guess there's a chance Cam got up, was like, guys, I'm completely fine. It yeah. looked fine. And then for sure. we don't know. Although I will say afterward, they were asking Cam about the last few plays, and he said things like, I don't really remember the end of the game. And it was unclear if he was saying that because they lost and he didn't want to go over it or because he didn't remember the end of the he game. He might not have remembered the end of the game. And it's not only that you're you're putting a quarterback back in who is concussed, who probably is not going to do the best job, but he, if he gets hit again in the head, yeah. what happens then? He's also like, a guy who's likely to get hit again in the head. Yeah. Right? He puts himself in jeopardy in a way almost no other quarterback does. Yeah, I think it's a real – I think you should suspend the coach. I like that. You know, um, Rex Ryan, talking about going back to the Buffalo Bills for a second and Tyrod Taylor and all that, Sammy Watkins had only an okay game for the Bills, and he's overcoming a broken foot and apparently was in a lot of pain. Right. And said he's planning on playing on Thursday Night Football, and Rex Ryan came out and said it's a pain tolerance issue. And when a coach says that, that – I hate that. Yeah, when a coach says that, that's sort of code for is this, this player has to be tough. He's got to tough his way through it. And I feel like that's what's happening with this Cam Newton thing also, where football still is this culture based on, you know, it doesn't matter if it hurts your body. It doesn't matter. Like, you're a tough guy, and you're supposed to give all it takes for the win and for the team, regardless of what it does to you, even though – And you're going to die at age 55. Right. The halls of the of NFL history are littered with people who die in, the, in their 50s and have horrible lives from the moment they retire. Anybody who questions whether or not that's the case – Think about the glory of the NFL. One of the most glorious teams in NFL history, the 85 Bears. Sure. Right? So there's a 30 for 30 about where they are now. That is depressing as fuck. Oh, really? Fuck. Tell me about it. Like, oh, man, everybody's concussed. Like, really? everybody was concussed the whole time. Uh, Jim McMahon is has to wear sunglasses all the time because light hurts his eyes. Oh, gosh. He's the quarterback of the 85 Bears, right? And he wasn't even that big of a deal. No. I mean, he was a, he was a big deal because he was like, he was funny. He was culturally funny and stuff. Yeah. He, he was a bit of an icon, that's all. I wouldn't have thought he got hit that much, but that guy is, like, shaking and has to wear sunglasses. He's fucked up. Yeah. Some of these guys have already died. You know, like... Walter Payton's dead. Yeah. I mean, that was a different situation. That was a liver situation. Okay. But, so that but I was, mean, maybe getting hit all those times didn't it help might not have the helped, physical but situation, but you're right. It might not have helped, but I'm not going to attribute that to Fair the enough. NFL thing. Fair enough. But one of the most... <laughs> glorified teams in NFL history, which that's what all of this bullshit about you have to tough it out and stuff. That's for the glory, right? The 85 Bears. Yeah. Those guys would probably take it back if they could. 
I know for sure that Jim McMahon would. And by take it back, you mean not playing the NFL? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, Jim McMahon didn't say that explicitly, but he's like, you know, 53 years old and in trouble. I mean, like, I'll not good shape. I'll say this, that like I often watch the NFL and I love watching the NFL. The, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about it for the past hour right, if we right. didn't love it. It's great. It's an amazing yeah. sport. It's fun. And I'm aware that a lot of these guys are, I mean, we, you and I, we have our YouTube channel and our, and our podcasts and things like that. We are, someone actually recognized us today as we were getting beer for drunk sports in the grocery store. Someone just came up to us. We've never seen before, knew who we were. We're like Z level celebrities at best, right? Yeah. Like, um, I would never consider trading my situation for pretty much anyone in the NFL, even though those guys are super rich, super famous, all have crazy hot wives, women throw themselves at them, all these things that in theory you'd really want, but I wouldn't, but I'll take my life over their life anyway. That's crazy. Calvin Johnson is maybe 30 years old now, but he maybe was like 32. 29 when he retired. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so okay. he's either 29 or 30. Okay. He cannot get out of bed. For 30 minutes every day. He has to massage his muscles, get himself ready to get out of bed. That's why he retired. It's not because the Lions were bad. It's not because he didn't get the situation he wanted. Calvin Johnson, widely considered the best receiver in the NFL for many years. Without question. He was also getting hit a ton, right? But you don't think of him as a guy who took a lot of vicious hits either. No, but he's a guy who... He was a big guy. He said he doesn't know, but he had anywhere between 12 and 30 concussions. Yeah. He said that. 30! Well, so, maybe one day we'll do a Let the Drunk Fix It on that thing, yeah, but not, not how, this week. That's too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Way too heavy. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. So make sure you catch up with Grant with your drinking, people. But uh, we're going to do some Let the Drunk Fix It. You've been waiting and waiting, but your patience has been rewarded. It's Let the Drunk Fix It. This is where I pose sports dilemmas to Grant, sometimes suggested by our Twitter following in our community, sometimes just from my warped little brain. <laughs> Good times. Now, we want to say this. This We do have this week one Let the Drunk Fix It suggestion from Colin West. We're going to be doing that one. If you have a suggestion for Let the Drunk Fix It, let your voice be heard. Tweet at us, at Drunk Sports Show. If you want, you can even hashtag that puppy. Hashtag LTDFI. What does that stand for? Let the drunk fix it. Damn, that's some good spelling. Yeah. It's good times. That's what it is. Hey, it's time to crack a beer. Let's do it. What number is that? Either 9 or 10. Yeah, you get a little drunk, hard to keep track. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 10, but I don't know either. because So don't those attention. of you who are playing along, at the bronze level medal, you should be into beer five at this right. point. Yes. Yes. And at the, at the silver medal level, you should be at beer 10 of a 5% or so beer. And the gold medal level should be asleep. <laughs> or or perhaps dead. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, because they may have choked on their own vomit. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's fine, and that's fine as long as you did it responsibly and you didn't hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm. You're okay, right? But don't die. We no. don't want anyone to get hurt or die. No, we don't. Mostly for selfish purposes. We just want. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> we might get it. We don't even know. We might get in trouble. Yeah, but anyway, let's get. But that's not a problem. We want the drunk to fix right now. Our, <laughs> no. our, our litigious issues. I'm not issues. fixing that. No, no way you. But let's get to some that you are going to fix. Let's start with the, our listener suggestion. Colin West asked simply, "How can we get more people to watch the WNBA?" Ooh. Okay. That's a tough one <laughs> yeah now the WNBA has been around for what over 20 years yeah at this point and i don't believe it's ever made a profit yeah but the nba kind of supports it the nba completely owns it and subsidizes it okay now this may come across as sexist i to was some people assuming we were going to go in this yeah, direction but, okay so 
basketball is a sport where the athletic differences between men and women are a clear disparity. Okay. Right? Sure. Like, women, for the most part, can't dunk. Right. Except for very few. Yeah, there's a and few. It, and the type of athleticism that's required for spectacular NBA plays is generally a male-type athleticism. Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of a game. One is more fundamental-based, one's right. more athletic-based. Whereas sure. with tennis, for example, it's it's easy for both both genders to have, like, really fun sports because the type of athleticism translates well. I hear what you're saying, but I would argue even in uh, tennis, the women's game is more of a baseline, a baseline's game. The men's game is a little more serve and volley because they're okay. a little faster, a little taller, I mean, and can jump a little higher. We're lying to ourselves if we don't say there's different types of athleticisms that the that men and women have. We right? certainly wouldn't want to lie to yeah. ourselves. <laughs> we wouldn't want to lie to ourselves. That's not what we do on Let the Drunk Fix. No, it. We, we tell it like it is. All right, so I think we need a drastic rule change. Here we go. This is what we need to do. We now need to do some talking. sort of drastic rule change to make the WNBA something that people really want to watch. Because for the most part, people who watch the WNBA, and this is with no information, this is a guess, uh, a lot of them are people who are just, they can't get enough basketball. Sure. Right? And some of them are people who really, really want women's sports to succeed in America. I mean, I think they're actually, believe it or not, are a lot of women's basketball fans as well. Sure. And they, they, like, watch women's college basketball. The people who watch women's college basketball all watch the WNBA, too, I think, give or take. Right. So, Obviously not entirely, but that's the, that's the demographic, right? Right. So those people who probably really do enjoy the way women's basketball is played, mm-hmm. that like Diana Taurasi, incredible passer type right. of thing. Right. Sue Bird. Yeah. Brittany Griner. Like, these people are good at the things that they're good at, and they're good in the context of the way women's basketball is currently played. Mm-hmm. I think my fix might alienate those people who really like the way that women's okay. basketball currently works. But let's say this. Like, while it may work currently, it's not making money. What's your suggestion to fix it? Your I job is just got, to fix it. I think we've got to go nuts with it. There's always going to be bodies in the wake, you know, of all your of your I think we've got to go nuts with it. I think right. there should be, like... A two-foot diameter circle yeah. right around the free-throw line okay. that if you score from there, that's worth five points. <laughs> okay. I'm loving this. Yeah. And then then you got one of those like <laughs> four feet past the three-point line that's worth seven points. Okay. And you do little circles all around the court that are worth different amounts of points. You have to score from that exact spot. Both of your feet have to be in there okay. when you shoot. And that way you can score a lot of points. There's some weird things that could come up. You know, you could be up by six with four seconds left, and the coach just instructs everyone just to guard the, the seven-point circle. Like, yeah. Don't let them shoot from the seven-pointer. Anywhere yeah. else in the world is fine. Nothing else can get. Nothing else can even tie us. I mean, this is a very rudiment. I, this is not something I thought. Like, it's not like Jonathan told me what this was going to be, and then I figured right. it out. Like, this is my first thought. Oh, yeah. Grant, to be clear, Grant never knows not only about dr- Let the Drunk Fix It. He never knows anything that we're going to talk about on the show. He was pretty sure we were going to talk about the NFL this week. He knew that because yeah. I, I mentioned we were going to talk so, about some kind of NFL stuff. That's the most he ever knows. So, yeah, this is all brand new to him, and that's part of what we love about the show. Right. I think you have to do something like that. I'm not saying exactly that, but yeah. something something crazy because, I mean, for the casual fan, it's just more fun to watch men's basketball. I mean, for the casual basketball fan, clearly men's basketball makes money and is much, much more popular. Right? Yeah. So we got to do something crazy with women's basketball. All right. I'm going to ask the question that is like really, you know, going to get me in trouble with certain members of my family. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So women's beach volleyball. Okay. Is popular during the Olympics for several reasons. It's actually a really fun sport to watch. Like it's a it lot is. of action. But I noticed that they all wear micro bikinis. <laughs> I can't help but notice that, right? And I'm, there's there's definitely a sexuality element to okay. women's um actually all all beach volleyball sports stuff. Like the men are wearing, you know, 
tight little but whatever shorts too yeah but like there's a sexual element there and they're selling that as much as anything else for sure like i sort of can't believe like the tightness and like the the skin the skimpiness of like the bottoms that like they wear there's like you know like almost thongs it's kind of crazy so your fix for women's basketball is for them to wear bikinis i'm no i'm wondering though about um dress and sexuality and should that be something that that would would a help and should it be no i think i think from a holistic perspective if we're looking at this thing from a long-range perspective, we don't want to just sexualize women's basketball players. Good. We want it to be a sustainable sport that's actually enjoyable to watch for the sake of the sport. I like that. That's, right. That gives it a chance to actually, instead of being, oh, she looks hot in a bathing suit. By the way, the internet makes it. I can see a million hot women in bathing suits or not right. in bathing suits anytime I want, and everyone else can too. Right. Yes. So, so that's not as big a sell as it used to be anyway. No, not at all. No, not at all. So I think you got to do some sort of drastic rule change. That's the first thing okay. I come up with. Do I like I, it. Do you have anything? Um, besides, you know, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know that I do. I maybe, okay. If we're going to do drastic rule changes, we could do things like move the three point line in. You could add a sixth person on each team. Nah, that's not going to make it. It would just clog everything No, up, six right? person on each team, not a bit, not a good okay. idea. You could add a four point line. You can move the three point line in, but add a four point line, which is a little bit to like your idea. That's anyway. not as fun as my idea. Your idea is wacky, but what will happen is, I don't know if it'll actually be fun to watch because if you have a five point spot and a seven point spot, everyone's going to be like... Oh, like everyone's gonna like spot up in the five point spot, and the whole thing's about scoring from there. Okay, so so many points. I, I think I didn't really get through my entire idea. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I mentioned two potential spots. I think there should be like six or seven spots. Oh, okay. So it's sort of impossible to guard everything. Yeah, yeah. And- yeah, so but like you, you have may- to you have to shoot with both feet inside the spot right. for it to count for that spot. I think when you do it, like it, the spot should somehow light up, so everyone that knows. would be cool. Yeah, like it isn't the refs put their hand up like for a three pointer. I mean, beyond I that, want the I spot don't, to light up. Beyond that, I don't really know what else to do because the sport, the way the sport is designed, is just it's just more fun to watch men play. I mean, another thing you could do. This has got to be really offensive to a lot of people, but we're just kicking stuff around here, right? You could lower the basket. You would get a lot more like athleticism type play no, no, right away. No, bad idea. Why? I I just think people will get too upset about that. I think I think they will. You yeah. have to not tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> just lower the basket. Right. And, yeah. Oh my God, these women are. Everyone can dunk now. I mean, there's something about the dunk. It's just an incredible play in sports. It's one yeah. of the best play in sports. That like at any time in an NBA game, somebody could just chuck the ball for an alley oop, and and some crazy athlete will go up, do something that you've never seen before, and make an incredible dunk, and. That's part of why it's fun to watch the NBA. Absolutely. Right. So I yeah, I don't I don't think that can be replicated for women's basketball. I think it has to be something else. Yeah. Such as the rule change. Fair enough. Um, maybe they could do other kinds of things as well. Actually, one of the things I love about the WNBA is their playoff system is much more interesting than the than the NBA's and oh, more really? what it should be. I didn't know that. Explain. They have I don't know if they're still doing this exactly, but they were doing at least up until very recently and maybe still. Every round until the championship round is a single elimination game. Really? And then the final round is just best of three. Huh. It's like you got to come. Everything like everything matters all the time. It's like the NCAA tournament much more well, that's than— that's actually—that's a great thing for them to do. Yes. I don't want the NBA to do that. I like that the NBA does it the way they do because I like the best team to have the best chance to win. I mean, I disagree strongly with okay. you, actually. I think the NBA is—playoffs are a slog and are way too many games, especially the first round. First round could easily be two of three or three of five at the worst. Okay, I can, I can agree with first round being two of three. Maybe even second round. Yeah. Two of three. Once we get to, I think once we get to the conference finals, they should be best of seven. I yes. agree with you there. Yes. Okay. But so that I right. think th- two. I would love two of three, three of five, best of seven, best of seven for yeah, the NBA. Yeah, I'm into that. 
Yeah. That's good. So, the, But the WNBA has really taken this much further, and I, I love that. I mean, that's really cool. I guess that's their let the drunk fix it for making the WNBA more exciting. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. it didn't work, sadly. Yeah. Nobody cares anyway. Maybe I shouldn't say nobody cares. Maybe NBA, WNBA fans like it a lot, but it doesn't seem to have brought in a, a wider audience anyway. Even yeah. though I like the idea of it, I should care more they about it. They should hire me. I got ideas. Yep. Everyone should hire you. I know. Yeah. You know You know what you really have? The kinds of ideas. Very underrated. We never talk about it in the show. Hot dog ideas. This guy's got more ideas for hot dogs than anyone I know. Explain. All you, <laughs> and me, tell, tell him some of your incredible hot dog ideas. I don't even know what you're talking about. You, all you do is talk about hot dogs. No, I don't. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> That's really weird. Let the drunk fix it. Part two. Keenan Allen of the San oh, Diego Chargers. So sad. So sad. So in 2015, through eight games, he had caught 67 passes from Phillip Rivers, was tearing it up in the NFL, had a lacerated kidney, missed the last eight games. This year, coming back, in the first half of, the, of week number one in the NFL, he already had six catches for like 64 yards, was looking like the normal Keenan Allen, dominant Keenan Allen, tore his ACL out for the season. Yeah. So what do I want the drunk to fix? Keenan Allen's body. How go, am I going to do that? Go get him, kid. Wow. Okay. All right. I guess so. Here's here's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. This yeah. Is a really weird. Yeah. All right. So we chop off the leg. Obviously. Okay, the one with the ACL. Yeah, uh, we don't. We can't tell anybody because I don't know how Goodell's gonna feel about this. He's not very progressive. I mean, he's got a problem with potentially deflated football. So like non, I don't know, standard get... non standard human legs might be an issue. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got to get the analogy uh, to the guy in Game of Thrones who repairs Jamie Lannister's hand. The guy who's like. Not really accepted by anybody because his methods are too progressive. We got to get that <laughs> doctor on Keenan Allen. Yeah. Give him some sort of fleshy but robotic leg. Right. Yeah. They and have things not terribly far off from that, right? I mean, I mean, like, what's his name? Pistorius, like, won races with, like, non without legs. Yeah. People got mad about that. They did, but, you know, so what? Like, are you asking Keenan Allen to murder his girlfriend? Is that what you're asking? I'm not. I wouldn't. Because I don't want that to happen that's not part of my fix no okay, jonathan good. no matter what you say <laughs> that's not my, that's but so not, but what you're what you're saying is we should cut off the leg above the knee obviously yeah because otherwise what are we doing yeah <laughs> otherwise we're being crazy is right there <laughs> <laughs> and replace on, it with a better leg put on some kind of prosthetic leg yeah but like an awesome like keenan allen and the Chargers have a lot of money right so like of we're course. talking he's like the 40 million dollar man and not because he has a contract that's impressive but because that leg is 40 million dollars worth of i don't know springs and bells i don't know and whistles it's yeah, got a lot i don't, of, a lot I don't of think you're a scientist based on that <laughs> but yeah we can rebuild him yeah so i think yeah we got to give him some sort of crazy leg that looks like a real leg Right. So and no one can know about this. Yes. Is that part of it too? Yeah, it's very secretive. Now, when when can this come out? Maybe it's already happened, by the way. Not for Keenan Allen, but for I mean, other you can players. come back week eight and be like, I had a miraculous recovery. I mean, Adrian Peterson, remember he tore his ACL yeah. at the end of the season a number of years ago, came back for week one and was dominant. And his doctor actually said when he went in, it was like looking at a newborn baby's knee. He'd never seen anything like it. It was no scarring, no to no issues of any kind. Um Maybe it's all just a cover-up for his, you know, robotic knee. Yeah, that's possible. Robo knee. Perhaps we're not fixing anything. It's already been fixed. See, this is the thing you just can't know with you these can't. secretive organizations. <laughs> yeah, the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any other possible fixes besides robot Keenan? <laughs> to to actually fix Keenan Allen's leg? Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Really? That's it. That's all you yeah, got. Yeah. No. For me? No other fixes. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Don't want to like. All right. Forget it. 
maybe have people pray for him. I don't know. Uh, I'm just no, out there. Yeah, no. No, no. I no. don't think you'd be so into that. All right. Last one for Let the Drunk Fix It this week. The U.S. men's national team, basketball team, was playing in uh, Rio de Janeiro. And they had many, many games where they barely won. In fact, sort of a yeah. shocking number, like four games in a row that were one possession games at sure. the very end. And they were really huge favorites to win all of them. They did ultimately win the gold medal anyway, but they really squeaked by. Is there any fix needed or necessary for the U.S. men's national team? No. No, actually, there is no fix needed. I know exactly why that happened. And it can be seen in all of the other Olympic events that were happening. Go on. Those guys were getting tanked. Yeah. Those guys were like me right now. They were drinking and drinking and drinking. Did you see Jimmy Butler during the women's volleyball thing? He, I can't, I mean, you're not looking at me, so you can't see what I'm doing. But he looked the drunkest of anybody I've ever seen. These guys were getting tanked every night. They were hung over for every game for sure. So you're saying, well, we do a podcast called Drunk Sports. They were actually living drunk they sports. They were living. Well, they were actually sober, but they were feeling, doing drunk sports. Oh, true, right. They were Hang feeling over terrible. Sports. They yeah. were feeling the <laughs> effects of the drinking. So and athletes are more apt to have a lesser hangover. But, you know, those guys are in Brazil. They're probably getting hammered. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. As someone who drinks, you know, 10 beers in a number of hours or 11 beers or whatever it is, um, you're almost finished with number 10 there, I see, mm-hmm. um, if you're playing along at home. So how do you feel the next day? Like, how hungover are you? It depends. Yeah. It's, I mean, everybody who's listening besides Jonathan knows that it depends on, on a lot of factors. And I don't really understand all of them. But certainly there's sometimes we're like, why am I hungover? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're but like, how, why am I not hungover? But how bad is it when you are hungover from Oh, one when of you're these? truly hungover? I, I mean, from one of these, like from a 10 beers. From, from a drunk sports? Yeah. I, I, like, I've had drunk sports hangovers where I've... There was no possible way I could fathom playing a basketball game. It right. Would, it would ruin me. It would. I mean, it wouldn't ruin me. I'd just vomit so or let something. Me just, so let me just check in. So your solution to this problem is, yeah, they made it, and hopefully next time they won't get hammered. That's it? That's. Your I guess solution? the solution is for them not to drink. I don't know. because Can they, they not just be responsible about it? So then they just don't drink. I don't know. I mean, they. It's weird because they didn't get drunk before like the NBA championship no. or before like their big playoff games or whatever it is. Oh, cl- okay. So this uh, is other another, NBA games. Another discussion entirely. Clearly, NBA players don't value the Olympic stuff as much as they do the NBA stuff. Right. That's and pretty clear. nobody else does either. Right. So. Right. I have Carmelo Anthony seems to value the Olympic stuff because that's because he's on a terrible team. Yeah, he's like he's gonna have won I think four gold medals or he did win. Sure. Four gold so medals. that's his thing. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. he can say I'm the only basketball player ever to have done that. So that's like winning Good NBA. Good for titles. you. You get to be the 22nd best player in the league forever. Congratulations. Yeah. What do you like, think Carmelo ends up? By the way, like he makes the Hall of Fame? No. Ooh, there we go. Now I do not done. think Carmelo makes the Hall of Fame. I don't think he makes the Hall of Fame. Either. I think he's just a little bit short, right? Yeah. He scored a lot of points, but he wasn't really that great. He was never the best player in the league or really anywhere close to he's it. He's like Jamal Mashburn. He's like similar to Jamal I Mashburn. I mean, he's not similar to Jamal Mashburn. <laughs> he's way better than Jamal All Mashburn. Right, fine, Come on. Fine. Jamal Mashburn had like two good years. Whatever. But a guy who I am thinking of, who you probably don't remember, is Alex English. who used to play in the Denver Nuggets. Scored a million points, but couldn't play defense. Team's never really won anything. Just... Shot a lot and scored a lot. High-volume guy. That's all. Number 11 What for those playing along at home. Yep. That means you're into beer number six if you're bronze and everyone else, either 11 ISA or if you're still if you're still conscious, 11 non-ISA. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Maybe they're taking breaks, though, like you did. Like Maybe you, they you encourage them to take breaks. Maybe they're smart. Yeah. Maybe. That'd be good. Probably not. If they're <laughs> drinking along at home like the 11 beers, <laughs> how smart can they be? Uh, yeah, so, okay, so I guess the general point of what we're talking about is just that the Team USA, 
clearly by far the best team in the world, even though a lot of the best players from Team USA were not there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That could have been on Team USA. I mean, I will say this. Their roster was still very impressive. It was very impressive, but LeBron wasn't there. Okay, but it was littered with top 10 players. Steph Curry wasn't there. Everybody else was. Draymond was there. Clay was there. Boogie Cousins was Durant there. Durant was there. Durant was there. Chris Paul was there. Jimmy Butler was there. I mean, littered with top, okay, so top what's, 15 players. Okay, so what's a possible reason they wouldn't win? They're hungover. That's it. That, I mean, like, and I think it's not a problem. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just let them go party. It's I mean, fine. I mean, what if they had lost one of those games that didn't, and didn't win the medal? I mean, then, then what would, happens? Then we'd be talking about this a bit more seriously, wouldn't we? So it's just a results-oriented thing. Like, I think one, at least Australia or someone had like we're down by one and had the ball at the end of the game and missed. Like that shot goes in. We're doing, having a whole different conversation. Yeah, that seems crazy. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that's just they the got away it with it, so it's okay. They right? got away with it, but I'm. I mean, do you disagree that that's the reason they were bad? I really don't know. I know you feel strongly about it. I don't feel uh, that strongly. I'm. I like to posit theories based on oh. little minute things I see, and I see them. I, I you don't actually see them drinking, but you see them holding cups and looking kind of drunk. And I, I mean, I don't necessarily know that that's the reason they're bad. I could come up with other reasons. A, the rest of the world is catching up, which I believe is true. Certainly. B, um, the rest of the world teams play together and and have continuity. That's really not true for Team USA, more so than it used to be, but still really not true at all. Yeah. Um, and also, Team USA is really not built as a team. Usually, it's more built as just a bunch of stars together. So you know, you don't have the glue guys, which you kind of need. I don't know. Wasn't Kirk Heinrich on Team USA for Team USA for a while? I don't know. Was he? Like yeah, in he the was. Olympics. Yeah, he was. Well, okay, that's that a glue be, guy. That's a glue guy for sure. That's not a superstar. No, it's not. It's not. But still, but overall, I think my point is is still salient, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's a lot of guys. Why is Harrison Barnes on Team USA? I don't know. No other. I guess there were like that many Americans who turned it down. I guess. I mean, J.J. Redick was all upset that he, that he wasn't on there. I mean, I'd rather have J.J. Redick than Harrison Barnes. I think so, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, J.J. Redick should be upset. He got jobbed. Yeah. Right, jobbed. Well, we, got, we got clear <laughs> on that. All right. Um, hey, before we go, just a few quick things. Our Twitter handle is at Drunk Sports Show. That's number one. So tweet us some Let the Drunk Fix It stuff or any other responses. Tell us about how you're drinking along with Grant went. Anything else, that's number one. Number two, we actually do other podcasts as well. If you're a sports fan and you happen to like poker, guess what? We're the poker guys. That's Grant. I'm Jonathan. We're the, the poker, poker guys. guys. Yeah, we do a show called The Breakdown. It's also a YouTube channel. Actually, a popular YouTube channel, Grant. Amazing. One of the most popular poker YouTube channels in the world, Grant. Amazing. As it turns out. I know. It's kind of shocking. Um, so like you could check out some of that stuff. If you want to support what we're doing here, there's a way to do it. It's called Patreon. Oh my God, I'm going for it. Really? Are you? I'm doing it. Patreon's a way to support creators like us who make podcasts and videos and things like that. If you like drunk sports and you want to support the show, you want us to keep doing it because we want to keep doing it. You can throw us a little bit of cash. It'd be kind of cool. There are rewards, but they're all breakdown and poker guys based yeah, rewards. They're not really based at but all. But you can show. still support us with as little as two bucks a month or really any amount you want to give. They're willing to take. So I want to let you know about that as well. Anything else? Uh, no. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here. We'll see you I'm next done. week. I'm done.